This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. This week, we have Adam Miller on the Out of Bounds Podcast. Adam is the owner of Revel Bikes, so we kind of get into what it's like owning a bike company, kind of get into the details of some of it. We talk about the new bikes, we talk about the new 3D printed bike, and so much more so i hope you enjoy it be sure to visit rebelbikes.com for more info and check out the blog post we have on our site outofpodcast.com to get more detail adam tell people who you are tell people about yourself and then we'll go from there hi adam uh i'm adam miller (laughs) the uh, founder and i guess ceo of revel bikes okay there's too many atoms in this. There's like, a lot situation. of atoms going it's on. Like my fifth atom today. It, it, it so confuses me. It's yeah, it's a lot. It's but nice when you go to meet with name. people though, and like especially when Adam and Adam are together. Yeah. It's like great because you just hey, remember one name. Yeah. And it's, it's a great perfect. name too. It's a great name. Yeah. We're all yeah. quite lucky. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, talk to me a little bit about. We'll start with Revel and why, kind of smashing together now. Why did that happen? Yeah, so I um, launched Y-Cycles in 2016. It's a brand that makes high-end titanium uh, adventure and gravel bikes. At the same time, I started working on the Revel Bikes products, but we launched those. It took a lot longer to make carbon fiber full suspension bikes. So we launched those in 2019. Um, and my thought was that titanium bikes and carbon full suspension mountain bikes are two very different products and very different customers. I'm a total bike nerd and I love both of those types of bikes but i thought when i was starting everything that it was two different customers so it should be two different brands and keep things totally separate Mm. um and it turns out that i was uh, i was pretty wrong about that like (laughs) like, a lot of other people also like all types of bikes you know might go ride a gravel bike you know with like spandex one day and then go put a full face helmet and knee pads on and ride an enduro bike at the bike park the next day um and i guess i thought that was more i don't know not as common as it was and so when we launched revel we had y cycles and revel going at the same time same building same people at first i was doing like accounting separately for two different companies and then i was like (laughs) Every night I'd get home from work at like 10 p.m. and then try to do like accounting entries to sell tires from one brand to the other and rent employee time from one oh, company to yeah. the other. I didn't even think about that part. Freaking horrible <laughs> idea. I was thinking about it like <laughs> even connecting them on the back end, like having them separate consumer facing is hard enough, but like separate company companies is like, sounds like a nightmare. And I'm, it turned out I'm really bad at accounting. So <laughs> it was like, it was, mis- yeah, not, not the fun part of all this business yeah, no. stuff. No. So that, so, so, okay. So then I got rid of the two companies cause like accounting's a mess. We would only need to do that, but we still had two separate brands publicly. So two websites, two Instagrams, two phone numbers. Yeah. Um, but they were both like playing off each other really well. We'd have, you know, bike shops, uh, or, you know, customers that had a rascal and they were like, Oh man, I love my rascal. I want to get a gravel bike and you guys yep. treated me well. So I'll buy that bike too. So I just realized let's make our life easier. Let's combine everything. Uh, the rebel bikes brand is, a is, has been it's grown faster than I ever thought it would. And it's, you yeah. know, it's a really strong, we're still new, but it's a really strong, successful brand name. So we combined all the Y-Cycles products. Uh, we named them Revel, kept all the products in the lineup, but now they're all under the Revel name and okay. it's pretty sweet. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. Like genuinely, when I go and I buy, like, I don't know, for me, a titanium bike is not the first bike that I go and buy, but it's definitely a second bike that I go and buy, like and look at and consider like, okay, I have a full suspension. Like if I'm gonna get a hardtail, maybe I get something cool like a titanium bike, right? And then it opens up that conversation. So I don't think it's like that different. I actually think it's the same person buying their second bike 
I, like more often than not. I think you're spot on. I wish we talked about this like five <laughs> years ago before I went and made two websites and <laughs> <laughs> just dove in so hard. Yeah, I kind of missed it, missed it on that one. Um, but no, I think you're spot on. Like so many people have more than one bike, like yeah. especially in the realm of bikes that you yeah. know we're all riding and talking about and selling. Yeah, they're high end bikes, and once you get pretty into buying one high-end bike most people get hooked and want to buy more and there's so many yeah. types of biking so now it's pretty cool our gravel bikes has you know uh, we actually have two gravel bikes we have a titanium gravel bike and a carbon gravel bike both for slightly different purposes we mm -hmm. have um you know four full suspension mountain bikes uh we have a fat bike um so we have the whole lineup i mean my goal when i started the business was to it sounds kind of simple and cliche but it was you know i want to make the bikes that that we want to ride that i yeah. want to ride and now we have the whole not quite the whole, but almost the whole lineup of every every bike that I personally would want out there, at least. What is missing? Well, we launched a concept bike recently, a downhill bike. Yeah, um, so but it, is, it is not for sale. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not supposed to say what new products are coming out with, but it, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. personally, I would like to ride, you know. Do people buy downhill bikes anymore? Oh, not very many, no. That's what I'm saying is like everybody that I work, like if I still am in the shop and I'm working on a downhill bike, it's somebody bought one off of a resort out of the rental fleet or they've had it for 15 years and they're a little clapped out right usually, and they're huh? like beat to absolute <laughs> shit you know like that's what ends up happening i feel like with downhill bikes because enduro bikes have gotten so good like i'll yeah. ride my rail at the dh park and there's nothing that i feel un i feel uncomfortable as a human but i don't feel uncomfortable on the, bi the bike is not what's limiting me <laughs> from doing anything anymore versus like 10 years ago eight years ago i was riding like a gt fury on like regular downhill trails that do not need a bike that big right and that that's couldn't agree more my rail 29 is way more and better of a bike than i personally could yeah. ever justify but also i've kind of gotten over that and realized that i have so much fun making bikes and creating bikes and it's so fun to have a bike that's better than you know my capabilities ever right. will be and the feeling of riding a downhill bike totally unnecessary but it is so <laughs> awesome so just fun. hold on and those <laughs> they just do so much for you yeah um so no we i would not expect that we would sell a lot of downhill bikes but it's one of those products that is just so you want it awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our, our finance team maybe doesn't think the same way as I yeah, do exactly. on that we one. Yeah, exactly. We just got to tell we're going to sell a ton of them. We're going to sell like, yeah, We sell none of them. like, oh, I was wrong. Sorry. Oops, sorry. Yeah, we got enough for the next five years yeah, now. Yeah, got one for myself. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's a friend. <laughs> um, is there anything else you feel like is missing in the line, like price point bikes, for example? Like, is that an area that you care to get into any heavier at this point? Absolutely. I actually, you know... <coughs> We're, we're, so we're four years old of Revel bikes, long, you know, the carbon bikes are, are, four, are four years old. We're still a very new company. Uh, we've, we've come out with, you know, we, we launched with two models. We come out with, we came out with a few more, several more actually. Um, yeah. uh, but you know, our bikes, the goal is never to be, the goal is to make a high end bike and high end bikes right. are expensive. Um, but it's something I certainly think about quite a bit is, you know, our, our, our bikes are at the high level of the price point. Now they're yeah. very similar to all of our competitors, if not a little bit cheaper than some competitors. And, and what I, I think is a better value in terms of the parts we offer and everything. But at the end of the day, it's a very expensive bike and, and prices have gone up the last few years uh, for everything, the bike industry as well. Um, and most of those price increases are justified based on cost yeah. of material, shipping costs, all that boring supply chain stuff. Um, but I would like to be able to make bikes that are extremely well performing and, and better you know, less expensive at some point in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, that's the market that I think gets people into the sport. And I always wonder, is that a good or a bad thing? Right. Because say take giant, for example, you buy a giant, a $2,000 full suspension, 
I go and I still associate Giant as a $2,000 full suspension the whole time now in my buying. Per, like, yeah, they make a super sick $7,000 bike. I don't want it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so I wonder if that plays into the conversation when, like, companies are deciding what they make and how they make that offering, right? Like, because at some point, yeah, you sell more units, but does it affect the way the consumer looks at you as a brand? Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I don't know either, but I think, I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball. I guess none of us really know or we'd right, have everything right, perfectly right. figured out. But I think thinking about it that way is spot on. And that's a big reason we wanted to start at the at the high end of the market. Yeah. We want, we're want we all like diehard obsessed bike people. We're like, right. that's all of us. I mean, we're 33, 32 of us in Carbondale now. We just like love yeah. riding good bikes. So we want to be known as, we want to make the best bikes, but we want to be known as the company that makes, you know, right. the best bikes out there. So we want to start at the higher end of the market and then, you know, learn what we, learn as much as we can. There's always like, you don't know what you don't know. And so we're learning stuff every day. Like, you know, a lot of the boring business stuff is what we spend so much time on, like figuring that out. And, yeah. you know, as we're growing and have more, you know, a business infrastructure and facilities, we just opened a facility in Taiwan and we just yeah. hired a COO and president and we're, you know, we're learning like crazy and we're growing up as an organization. And as we do that, we can make things much more efficient and better and better price point. And then it's easier to go say, hey, we're going to make this product at, at a different price point and be able to, to sell that and scale it. You know, you also sell a lot more bikes at a lower price point. So we're kind of trying to make sure we're like, right. we don't get in over our head. Right. <laughs> we want to keep doing a really good job. So Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, it's kind of a difficult thing. Let me, on the conversation of talking about like really nice bikes that you'd want to ride. Are, is there a brand that you look at that you're like, okay, I really like what they're doing. And I really like this bike because we all like, I like riding a Revel bike for sure. Like no, no doubt about it. I'm sure you like riding your own bikes, but there's always bikes that you like walk around, especially here at Sea Otter. And you're like, that <laughs> thing is fucking cool. Like you don't have to like the brand, but is there something that you're looking at? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Like if I, if I ever say like, oh no, only my, <coughs> only my bikes and only Revel you're bikes. That's all I'm like, yeah. no, if anyone says that they're, they're, yeah. they're a total liar. Like, yeah. come on now. Um, I don't think I could say that with a straight face. No, I, there's, there's so much cool shit. People out there. have done it to me before for brands, man, where they're like, "Oh no, K2 skis, it's K2 or die, babe." And Only I'm like, one. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Especially, with, it's easier to say with skis with a straight face, but with bikes, it's like you can't do that. There's so many cool bikes that just don't make sense for a brand to sell. You know no, I mean? but this like a show like Sea Otter, it's like Christmas. You walk around and it's oh, yeah, like it's crazy. everywhere you look, there's some crazy new cool thing. I was just yeah. at the Taipei bike show um, over in Taiwan a few weeks ago, and it's you know much more formal and it's inside and it, it's a it's a different crowd. But there's all these manufacturers have these new things they're showing off, and it's like we couldn't even walk down the you know one aisle without stopping 20 yeah. times to look at the shiny new stuff. No, I I love other bikes. I mean, especially on the on the titanium side, I think there's so many lot, yeah. fascinating kind of handmade boutique products that are out there that I are agree. just stunning. And we, we've we tried to, with our titanium bikes, we kind of say it's a modern take on traditional titanium. We're not a small garage builder and we're not a big, major, huge bike brand. We're kind of somewhere in, in, in the middle. Right. Um, and that, you know, we're able to sell our titanium bikes at a very good price point for what they are with lifetime warranties and we do full iso lab testing and all this you know stuff that makes sense to sell to more people but at the same time a lot of these handmade titanium bikes and some anodized stuff that i've seen at um some of uh, these brands that are our direct competitors i think they've done a freaking phenomenal job and it's yeah. they get me really excited 
Yeah. And then full suspension bikes, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. There's a lot of cool stuff. And there's people doing shit that you're like, I wouldn't really want to ride this, but it looks cool. I mean, like, have you seen those digits? Yes. Dude, it's sick. I don't think I'd want to ride one, but they're fucking cool. Like, I want to own one, and I just want to look at it. (laughs) Yeah, I want to own all the bikes. The problem is they all just, you know, they cost something. But, um, no, I I love it. I think especially small companies, I've always had a, you know, I've always been the small company, you know, trying to scrape by and start something myself. So when I see other small companies doing cool, cool stuff, I just have a huge affinity for it. And I think, you know, whether some of the things might make sense to sell at a large scale or not, it's usually those small companies doing things a little bit differently that help everybody else because that's like you know the beauty of competition and business and i guess capitalism but it's a bad word but like but like you know more companies doing pushing the limits it makes the bigger companies (coughs) try to get better too and that makes all of us ride better bikes so yeah no for sure like you couldn't just have one brand out there and that'd be the only thing like there's no no way that that would function long term that'd be boring yeah it'd be super boring and everybody would just go and do their own thing anyway so it's like it it is what it is (laughs) Um, talk to me about new bikes coming out for the year. You guys have a lot going on. It feels like every time I talk to you, there's something new going on. <laughs> and maybe that's why I'm talking to you, but who knows? Sweet. Um, but what's what's new for this year? What are you guys happy about? Um, on the product side first. Yeah, product side. So we've had quite a few product launches recently. You know, COVID and all those things made it was it was an interesting few years, and now things are getting back to normal they're not normal normal yet um you know we make products all over the world i love i love working in different places all over the world um and it's still certainly we're still navigating some of the new things that have come up in the last few years which always keeps things exciting but um we so the the y cycles turning into rebel bikes was a was a was a big big deal a lot of the products were the um very very similar but we made updates so all of the, our titanium bikes are full udh compatible so you sure. can run the new shram drivetrain and it's really future-proofing that bike even more for all sorts of crazy new yep. stuff that might come out so that the rebel titanium is quite exciting um, it's fun to make you know niche titanium bikes slightly more mainstream isn't even the right word but slightly more mainstream i yeah. suppose um so we're super excited about rebel titanium we just launched the rebel ranger um an updated new ranger uh so the ranger is our short travel 115 millimeter travel cross country or down country bike or whatever yeah. you want to call it but highly capable cross country yeah. bike um and it's been one of our top selling bikes for the last several years we found some pretty neat ways to update that bike and make it even better uh, new rear triangle new links new bolts bearings hardware like a lot of stuff going on inside the frame that's like way 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 better and way more awesome um yeah. to make that bike even even better um so that just launched a week or two ago and it's gone really well yep um, and then we launched a concept bike, so a bike that's not for sale. Um, probably really bad uh, business idea, but really, really fun on the product and brand side of things. Uh, it was the first ever 3D printed carbon made in America mountain bike, and it was a, a CBF suspension downhill bike. Uh, so that was this kind of really unique, interesting project that we spent mm. a few years working on, and it's been really cool to show that bike off. Yeah, what is that? What is that process? Like, how do you 3D print and make a bike functional? <laughs> like, that's... It, 3D printing is one of those things that, like... It's like NFTs, where people were saying it, and I was like, I don't really understand it's what's like happening. Like, I don't... I, dude, I just don't really understand what's actually <laughs> happening here. Like, you can say the word, I'm gonna nod my head, but I don't know what's happening beyond that. 
I hope it's not all the way like NFTs where they just like have this We're big boom and then, and then everyone's like, no, actually, no, no. no one understands it's what those functional are. functional NFTs. Yeah, <laughs> Slightly yeah. more functional Somebody finally NFTs. went on TV the other day and was like, it's a scam. And I was like, thank God thank somebody's you. finally saying this. Like, I've been trying to understand why I can't just take a picture of the thing for a while. But just screenshot it. Yeah, exactly. So on the other side of things, in real life, 3D printing makes real products that really exist. But like, I, what is that like when you're making a bike that actually needs to function? So it's all new, and I'll, I could, like, geek out on this because I've been just <laughs> obsessing over it for a little while, and I've learned a ton the last couple years, and it's yeah. been, like, bike nerd fascination, awesome level. Like, yeah. it's been really, really cool to dive into. So 3D printing has been, you know, around for – it's really, really common now for normal 3D printing, and the idea is you create a design of any product, a bike or a, a wheel or anything for the automotive or, you know, any single product you could possibly imagine probably has been 3D printed if it was made in the last few years just for the prototyping and idea process. So you model up your, your product, usually in SolidWorks or ProE or one of these 3D design programs. Um, and then, you know, just like you can print a Word document, you can press print. Maybe it's slightly more complicated than that, but it's almost that simple. You press print, your 3D printer over next to your desk in the engineering zone prints out a physical plastic model of what you created. And um, that's been going on for several years. We use that all the time. You know, every single time I walk over into our engineering and R&D room at our office, there's a couple 3D printers printing out stuff. And it just helps with, like, ideas. You can, mm -hmm. you know, build up your, your bike. We actually just got a big, big 3D printer where you can print full-size bike frames now. Takes two so days. Sick. It's no way. Awesome. You can't ride them. They're just plastic, but it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, we're gonna try this new tube shape, or we're gonna like try to, you know, do this new new design that we right. think looks cool on a computer. Well, you don't want to go spend a ton of money on steel molds and spend six months making the bike, and then it shows yeah. up, and you're like, oh shit, we messed up. This doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah. We can do that in two days, and just like it allows for more creativity. Yeah. So that's 3D printing in like the traditional sense. That's very very common. Kids are learning it in middle school now. Like yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. cool what it can do. This carbon 3D printed bike is like a whole different, completely different thing. The rough function is the same where there's a print head putting material down but instead of that material being kind of cheap plastic just for looks it's actual carbon that is structurally sound and as the print head puts that material down it cures it into a structurally toughened uh, material and that's all new so there's been a, a lot of companies trying to do this and dabbling in the space like Boeing and Airbus are working on stuff like it so I, I felt really lucky we found this this um, company out in California in Silicon Valley that had created this technology and I reached out to them and was like hey I think that's cool can we work together to make a mountain bike and they were like yeah um, which was realistically like a very big deal for a smaller newer company our size yeah, yeah. to be able to do it and the idea from the beginning was hey this is going to be an experiment a learning process so I I wanted to make a downhill bike one because I want a downhill bike two because it's the most it's the product that has to be the strongest like people do crazy shit on downhill bikes and crazy red right. bull rampage backflips so like let's try making the most difficult product we can and if we can do that that'll prove out the technology for anything else and then the other side of it was like on the business end of things to your earlier point does anybody buy downhill bikes yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't sell we're not like making or breaking our company on downhill bike sales right. so let's try this 3d printed bike with a product that is experimental and cool and fun to begin yeah. with so we did and I think it builds some hype to a category that's very much like, I feel like downhill bikes have fallen into this hole where they're all this, like everybody just thinks they're all the same because yeah. they all look the same. They all yeah. have a dual crown on them and like, 
that's it, basically. Like, that's all anybody gives a shit about. They got a big right. coil shock on them, and that's the end of the thing. Sick. You know? It's like, yeah, exactly. It's cool. <laughs> like, it's cool to look at because it looks like a dirt bike. And that's all <laughs> that's anybody awesome. cares about. <laughs> like, that's what it seems like for yep. years. For a while, it was like, oh, Santa Cruz has the V10, and that was, like, the trend setting. Like, oh, you have the cool one. And then after a while, everybody's just like, oh, these are all the fucking same. And so, they're all ride really good, and they're all really fun. It and definitely brings some hype to a yeah. category that, like, is very similar. Yeah, you know? and that was kind of the idea is, hey, let's, with all the bikes we make, we're not just trying to make a bike because we're like, oh, we think we could capture this much percent of the market yeah. share and sell this many units. Like, we want to do something that we think we can do a little bit better, a little bit more unique, or offer something with a little bit more value uh, to the rider because at the end of the day, all of us are riding our bikes, and we just want, you know, something slightly yeah. better because that's that's fun. So the downhill bike, we are like, well, we're going to make a CBF downhill bike, Canfield Balance Formula Suspension System. That's cool. That's been done before on aluminum bikes, but never on, on carbon or yeah. composite bikes. So, like, that's something different. And then let's make it in Silicon Valley out of this 3D printed <laughs> material. It's freaking bizarre to go to a factory like that compared sure. to a lot of the bike factories. I'm sure. um, and the idea, so we got through, we got through this, this development. We made a ton of prototypes. Everything was lab tested, exceeds all of our internal um, ISO test standards. Um, and we got to the point where we're like, okay, we're the first company that's done this, but we are so, it is nowhere near a cost effective remotely you know bike that i could put a price tag on it and sell it with a straight face like the technology is not there yet it needs yeah. some more time to be more efficient it has the potential to be cost effective but it's not there today so i just figured let's just show off what we've done this bike's not for sale but we'll show it off because our team worked really hard on it yeah and i think it's pretty sweet and let's tell the story of what we're working on that's awesome let me ask you you guys make a bunch of different bikes Everybody makes a bunch of different suspension bikes, and they've all gotten so good pedalability-wise. It's a hard word to say sometimes. Pedalability. Pedalability-wise, that, like, they get very, like, the distance between them gets kind of muddy. So what is the difference in your mind, like, in the customer that's buying a Ranger versus a Rascal versus a Rail, right? Like, because I've ridden a Rascal, I've ridden a Rail, and, like, I like the Rail, for me, I like the Rail better. Like, it fits my riding style a little better. Rascal felt a little too in-between for me. Mm -hmm. And then, like, a Ranger is, like, the other side of things where I'm, like, if I want a fast, like, ride from my house bike and just, like, take the pavement and, like, rip right. Like, who, how does a customer decide what they go and buy? Because I don't think people know anymore. I think people are getting more confused than ever when they go to buy a full suspension. Like, genuinely. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you could probably explain it better than me because I'm almost like too, I'm like in it. Like yeah. I'm like every single day for 12 hours a day. That's what I'm you're thinking You're like, about. I have everyone, so like, it doesn't. Like. I'm also really lucky. I have everybody. <laughs> I didn't for most of the first many years of starting yeah. this business, but now I own every bike that we yeah. make. And that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so, no, I agree. I think it's like, you know, when you walk into a restaurant and you open the menu and there's like, too many things on the menu and you're like I don't know what to get there everything looks good like there's too many options I, I feel like that's how a lot of the bike industry is now right. there's a lot of really good bikes out there um you know of course Revels the best there's yeah 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 um <laughs> so uh, and a lot of companies have come out with so many bikes and then one bike with you know a different parts kit that's going to give you a little different thing and and yeah. you know for some of you know a lot of us that are just obsessed with bikes and all the details that's cool but for a lot of people getting into the sport and it's a super fast growing sport yeah. like it's overwhelming i just tried getting into motorcycling recently it is so overwhelming i have no <laughs> idea about all that stuff and it's kind of a good lesson for me to be like whoa yeah, people don't know. There's so, there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, we, we have, you know, the, the Ranger, 
is 115 mil bike, the Rascal is 130 mil bike, the Rail 29 is 155 millimeter bike, and those are three kind of you know main full suspension mountain bikes that we sell, and they each serve a very different purpose. You know, I always say like if you're if someone pretty much anywhere in the world riding any types of trails is going to get one bike, they should get the Rascal. It's a 130 millimeter bike. It is awesome everywhere. If you're the kind of person that wants, you know, is able to own two bikes, awesome. Get the Ranger 115 bike and the Rail 29 one, yeah. 155 bike. Um, you're always going to make some compromises. And, you know, there's a reason we have 11 bikes in our lineup now. If you're yep. riding your bike every day on all sorts of different terrain, it's pretty sweet to have 11 bikes. That's yeah. obviously excessive, oh, yeah. and you know, my, it, it would be awesome for me and my business if everybody in the world wanted 11 <laughs> everybody bikes. Everybody buy like, 11 bikes. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I'll retire yeah, everybody early. Everybody spend 100k a year on bikes. Like that'd be tight. That'd be like, awesome. Just do that. <laughs> if only we can hope and dream. Um, <laughs> so it, it's super personal preference. Um, what I always say is go ride the bikes. That's easier said than done. But we do for the first time. Uh, we have a full time road fleet we have a truck and trailer of 36 bikes driving around the country and we're doing demo events everywhere because i can do all the marketing pitch and sales pitch and say you should buy this bike because it's like this and it's better than this one yeah at the end of the day just go freaking ride the bike and yeah. people know so quickly with a test ride um for sure what bike's gonna be more fun for them yeah that's one of the things i think that i've noticed with rebel versus like like i was on santa cruz stuff forever right so if i go and i ride a bronson a 5010 a tall boy and a high tower they all feel almost the same. Mm -hmm. If you ride a rail and a rascal, they feel distinctly different. Yeah. They're both capable bikes, but they definitely feel different. Like, and I, I actually felt like I was going to get on a rail and be like, I hate this bike because it's longer travel than I normally like, mm -hmm. but it climbs so well and it descends even better. Like it, it's a very, it, it just feels like you took the rascal and put it on steroids and that's, honestly a really good thing versus like some of these other brands like i'm pigeonholing santa cruz right now because like <laughs> i've had a hundred of those things i always felt like okay i'm getting the next one in the line but it's the same bike like i'm basically buying the same bike and like if i'm talking to a customer about it my conversation always goes the same way and it ends up with them asking me so what's actually the difference and i'm like the same person could buy any one of these 10 bikes, like literally could buy any one of these 10. They're just making a small sacrifice in each place for one reason or another, you know? That's awesome to hear. I think um, I need to give a beer to our each person on our product team for for for, no, for, for that, yeah, because yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly what we want. We don't want to just make a bike that overlaps. What's the point? That's confusing for us. That's confusing for customers. It makes it harder. Yeah, you know, more is not always better. I, right. I think having fewer options that are more specific, and we have this conversation a lot, you know, lots of bikes have flip chips and options and change this link and change this yeah. and it can do this. And, and we've tried to say, no, we want, we're gonna make a bike for a purpose, for the purpose that we want it to be for. And hopefully, a lot of other people want a bike for that same purpose, but we're not going to do all these options where you can change things and adjust geometry because at the end of the day, it's really confusing and you're almost always making sacrifices. Mm -hmm. So we're a small enough company where it's like, hey, here's what we're going to do. If someone doesn't like the bike, cool. There's a ton of other brands out there, but I think if we do a really good job and make the bike exactly what we want it to be, yeah, it works. Um, for sure. So yeah, it's good to hear that from you. Yeah, for sure. No, it's they're great, genuinely. Um, Carbon hardtail? It's one of my last questions. Is that coming? We like to... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a whole carpet here. Well, 
So we've tossed around this. We haven't like officially said it, but like a branding statement of like, we want to use the right material for the right application. So I yeah. love the engineering. And I'm not an engineer by nature, which is why I love it, I think, because yeah, I work with people yeah. way smarter than me on the engineering side. But I love the product, like combining design and brand and purpose and trying to make the best product for all those things. And so a lot of what we do is experimentation with materials. Yeah. Um, we like to say we choose the right material for the right application. So for a full suspension mountain bike, Carbon fiber, amazing, the best. I can say to just about every single person, carbon is better for a full suspension mountain bike. There's mm -hmm. obviously always little exceptions to these rules. Um, for a hardtail um, or a gravel bike, titanium rules. It is so durable, it is so comfortable. You know, if you're gonna get into gravel racing and you want a lighter bike, that's where carbon does make a lot of sense. So that's the mm -hmm. one type of bike we make in two different materials because depending on the purpose, there's a real reason for each of them. Um, in my mind, titanium is a the best material for a hardtail and so we're going to continue making only titanium hardtails until we think we could make one out of a different material that could be better so to answer your question no we're not working on a carbon hardtail it's not out of the question but we have some super sweet titanium hardtails that i like a lot yeah i don't disagree with any of what you just said i do have a question and this is a personal question is it uh -oh. sacrilege to turn a gravel bike flat bar in your mind i've heard like varying opinions on this i'm going to do it so like don't be mad at me in advance but like i'm wondering how you feel about it and like if you feel like the bikes still ride well enough with a flat bar on them are you gonna ride that bike and have fun i think so I don't know. I have no idea. That's you're gonna no find clue. out. I, I'm definitely gonna. I'm gonna be pissed at myself, maybe. But yeah, the end of the world. You can just put a different I'll bar just put on it. Put it back on. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's it freaking great. On. I think it's so like. There's so many super strong opinions in the bike world of like, oh, if you do this or if you do that, like, oh, that's, yeah, right. Like, right. holy shit, just go, it's a bike. Go ride it and have fun. And right. hell yeah. yeah. Like, are we gonna sell a flat bar gravel bike because we think we can sell a bunch <laughs> of them? We should probably not. <laughs> yeah. But. We've got a few kicking around our office that we use for, you know, lunchtime beer bikes. and That's what I mean. It's, it's just like, fun. It's like commuting to work and stuff. Like, yeah. I'd rather do that on a flat bar, but I want a gravel bike for it. You know what I mean? Because, like, I want to take the yeah. back roads and, like, I want to be able to, like, ride through the parks and, like, I don't know. But I also want to put, like, a basket on the front and carry my shit in it. Like, Hell yeah. So, like, I think there's a nice happy meet. I think when I show up to a gravel race with a flat bar, I might feel a little differently. But or maybe everybody will be jealous because you get. Yeah, to maybe have I'll just get to shoulder the shit out <laughs> yeah. of people way harder. Yeah, like, you can corner way better. Yeah. You can feel. You can on the descent, on some of those descents in Vermont and those events are like it's freaking gnarly on terrifying. Like it's full on mountain bike shit. I'm just like, Absolutely. this is so scary. So yeah, yeah, the lines are blurring between all that stuff. So that's I what just, I, mean. I just think, I mean, that's why we sell frame only too. Like. Hell yeah, I love seeing custom-built bikes. Even if I, a lot of custom-built bikes that you know we sell, I look at, and I'm just like, oh my god, I would never have done that myself, but yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see what it feels like. Let me so know how it is. We'll see, I will. Um, Taiwan, what's going on with you guys in Taiwan right now? We opened a branch office in Taiwan, okay. and I'm psyched about it. Okay. So Taiwan is, you know how Silicon Valley is to the tech world? Yep. Taiwan is that for the bike world. Yeah. And so many companies try not to talk about it or, or you know, they're American companies and kind of have this gray area guise of like built in America, but it's really just kind of assembled in America. So one of the things we're trying to do is be completely transparent and honest about um, where our products are made and how they're made. And we work with absolutely incredible manufacturing partners all over the world in Utah, California, Taiwan, China, Vietnam, 
yeah, I don't know, Portugal, I don't know, a few a few other little random things like that. And in my mind, we want to make products that are the best products made by people that are treated well and are proud of what they do. And that can happen all over the world. And one of the things I have the most fun with with my job is getting to like travel to these crazy places. Like I'm like, yeah. holy hell, bikes are like I'm in Germany one day and like. Vietnam yeah. the other day and and also it's just cool to meet people all over and learn and every you know place has different areas of expertise and 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 um carbon mountain carbon bikes in general the best places to make them are generally uh China and and Vietnam um yeah. and then a lot of components are made in Taiwan so so many companies have head offices uh, or branch offices in Taiwan because then you're then closer to these manufacturers you're closer to all the component suppliers so we put a facility right in the heart of Taichung within like 30 minutes you drive around and you just see every single major bike name that you see here at Sea Otter every successful company has the headquarters in Taichung um, for the most part and so the access we get to working with a cl more closely with our manufacturers to sourcing products like where do the bolts come from and who's making them uh, where does the rubber protectors on the bikes come from we are now controlling every single step of that process which is something that for a company our size is a pretty big step yeah. forward it's a pretty big leap so we've been working really hard on it and a lot of it is like okay at the end of the day do people really care maybe not but people want to ride a bike that's really good and yeah. is backed up by a really good lifetime warranty and you know is just everything about it is awesome and so this taiwan facility that we set up is kind of a huge step to being able to just make sure we keep on making the best products ever it'll also help greatly with selling our bikes in europe like i've learned way too much about like shipping and taxes and supply chain stuff uh, and it's weird the last few years. So having a facility, you know, our main headquarters and everything is in Carbondale, Colorado, but having this facility and warehouse in Taichung, it gives us like every freaking option for better product development, logistics, warehousing, business, all sorts of stuff. So it's actually really exciting. And Taiwan is like super fun. We've had a ton of fun spending time there recently getting everything set up. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's still weird to me that like brands kind of try to sweep that under the rug like that they're working in taiwan or like yeah. some of the stuff comes to, I, I literally just overheard it at a bike brand like an hour ago where someone was like oh are these made in colorado and they were like uh no we have a headquarters there and he's like where are they made and he's like taiwan yeah. and it's like and he should say Taiwan say, because they're awesome. They yeah, make incredible like, products. Yeah, we have a great partnership with them. We love going over there because it's. Yeah. And and it's as soon as we, and it's been really cool this last little bit to bring a lot of people from Revel, um, more than just myself going over to to visit our manufacturers. It's it's practically this emotional, incredible experience of like, oh my God, this is where the products come from, and this is who's making them, yeah. this is who's touching them, and it's amazing, and that's a something that I don't think should be covered up. No, I don't think so either. I think at this point, it's like everything's coming out of the same places, and there's a reason that they come out of those places at this point. Yeah. Like, everybody can do what they want. You can make it wherever the fuck you want. But I think exactly. that there's a standard of quality that comes out of a lot of these places that is really good, especially because they have the know-how of, like, yeah. working with every major brand. Yep. It's like instead of starting from scratch right, or doing it with someone that hasn't done it really, but, like, why not just do it with somebody who knows what they're doing? Exactly. And their so. food is really good, too. Yeah. <laughs>
god, Wagyu beef in the street. Yeah, it's I'm really sure. Tasty. Yeah, that looked insane. <laughs> I saw that. That shit looked crazy. We were just stuffing our face at the night market with like all this like crazy unique food, and it was like, wait a second, this is like we just had like a, you know, literally there's a like Michelin star food yeah. quality in the street, and like we just had like a dinner with like a bunch of beers, and it's like cheaper than we pay for a slice of pizza back home. And yeah, it's, it's just like it's just mind blowing. It's such a that cool experience. Crazy. That shit's crazy. Is that your favorite place that you've been to travel wise? Um, I, 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 I've been to a lot of fun places. I feel very fortunate. Taiwan is uh, fascinating. Yes. I'd say it's my favorite because like mixing business and doing business there and bike stuff. I mean, it's like a bike nerd. It's just incredible. There's so much cool stuff going on. And then the culture and the food and the beaches and the sashimi, it's just like all this stuff in one place. It's just really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, last thing, where can people find the bikes? Where can people, and you guys are selling at retail as well, not just direct to consumer Mm -hmm. selling at retail as well. Where can people find the bikes if they want to find more information, all that good stuff? Uh, revelbikes.com at revelbikes on Instagram. Actually, most of the bikes we sell are through bike shops. So if you go to our website, you can buy a bike right there. Um, or you can go to your local bike shop. We have about 120 stores in the U.S. right now and I think 25 or 30 international distributors. Cool. Um, so go to revelbikes.com. You can text us or call us 970-456-7336. I'm pretty <laughs> impressed I remembered that. Um, or stop by our booth at Sea Otter and check them out. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, Adam.